The world as we know it has fundamentally changed. What was once considered the future of work is here now. We are operating in an all-digital, work-from-anywhere world. More and more consumers are supporting brands that align with their personal values. It's the values-driven firms that will rebound sooner and grow faster in this new world. Salesforce has partnered with Singapore Community Radio to bring you this podcast. We want to explore the opportunities and the challenges of this new world. We want to talk about the ways in which we will work going forward, how businesses can be a platform for change, and how technology will continue to impact the world. We have some amazing thought leaders, executives, and community advocates joining us, and we hope it sparks some inspiration and innovation for you. To learn more about us, you can head to our blog at salesforce.com/ap/blog. Welcome everyone to the future of work. Now, we're going to be exploring tech and hyperspeed. What does technology play in this new normal that we're living in? My name is Jess O'Reilly from Salesforce, and I'm joined today by Siraj Naik from. Genius, you. He's the CMO. Well, Suraj, welcome. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> I am incredibly excited to spend this next moment with you, kind of unpacking a few little topics. But I think it's probably best for us to start off understanding a bit about you. So I know that's a very broad question, but mm -hmm. I'd love to know a little bit about what got you to where you are today. Ah. Um, whether that be you know, influences from mm -hmm. random areas of life or whether you had a very straight path you know, from university into to work. I'm guessing based on who you are, you probably didn't have a straight yeah, path. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, uh, excited to be here and thanks for the uh, invitation. I, be, I enjoy being at Salesforce events. Uh, it's just <laughs> perfect. And uh, just in terms of my journey, being a uh, I wouldn't say a roller coaster sort of journey, but uh, it's been, I, I, I grew up in India. Yeah. And uh, I grew up in India, in Bombay. And uh, while I was there, I was in the events industry. I started with the events industry. Okay. What type uh, of events was it? Uh, these were more like Bollywood events. Yeah, Bollywood yeah, events. yeah, yeah. So I would organize Bollywood uh, film shows and award shows. And you have all amazing. these celebrities uh, come through. So I would see, uh, organize those and then got into media buying uh, as right. well. Yeah. So could we completely get rid of anything we're going to talk about today and just focus on Yeah, Bollywood? let's just talk uh, about Bollywood. Yeah, I want you to teach me moves. I think ah. that, you know, everyone <laughs> here would be interested. Jokes aside, so you move from Bollywood, go into media buying, and that mm -hmm. kind of, I guess, opens up a whole new world, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, and, and the company that I moved into was into new media back in the day. And it was too, uh, too early for its time, mm. where we would do content syndication and deliver uh, content on mobile phones. And even there was no Facebook at that time, right? And uh, I, I just loved the tech and the connection of tech and uh, Bollywood and entertainment. Okay. And uh, that journey itself was pretty incredible. And then, yeah, that's where it started. Interesting. And so what brought you to Singapore? What's that kind of next season after... Yeah, yeah. So uh, what happened was uh, when when I was in India, uh, I I was working for a big media conglomerate, and I was at a stage in life I was like I have to upskill myself, and the way I could see it was to 
get away with like most of the uh, <laughs> us indians see we i got to singapore did uh, my mba here in singapore okay. and uh, while i was here in singapore i didn't let the sort of entertainment side go so i uh, organized like salsa workshops uh, here as salsa well workshops. yeah yeah bollywood wow. uh, and ballroom dancing workshops in the university We definitely uh, have to go out one we night. We do have to. I need to, to see these yeah. moves. That's amazing. Yeah. We're right next to Bodki right now, so we should. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. This is true. Okay, so MBA, you're in Singapore. You know, what kind of happened after that MBA? I feel like people go through different paths after they finish that. Yes, uh, and uh, yeah, so after I finished the MBA, I had a... Uh, I had a job that I was going to get into mm-hmm. and it was very so now you know the story of me being into Bollywood and entertainment and the the job that I was getting into was more into engineering <laughs> and it didn't feel right yeah. uh, it was more on the landscaping construction and engineering I was wow. uh, I was brought into as a business manager over there and it just felt very different energy for me yeah and uh, Luckily what happened was at that time I knew someone uh, who said hey do you want to go to Bali to uh, run an event and uh, I said yeah why not like I have got a month before I joined that organization let's just go to Bali do the event and it just changed so I I went to this uh, entrepreneur event in yeah. Bali and for me that was the first exposure mm-hmm. to what does entrepreneurship look like like i did know like my dad runs uh, like family business so i've seen it from the inside like from mm-hmm. the family side but when i could see it, like what he would be going through yeah. i could see it in the eyes of other entrepreneurs i saw them going through transformation mm. and that really touched me and i think that's when it really hit seeing that the what it like this i haven't seen such sort of transformation and it was a big shift and i decided to stay there and I've been there since the last 12 years <laughs> uh seeing <laughs> transformation. Do you love life, you know, you're in this moment where you're about to go down this engineering course. Yeah. It's so polar opposite to this kind of entrepreneurial route where I have to say and we'll obviously unpack this a bit more but you've completely changed so many people's lives down this mm-hmm. route and just the impact that you've had. So before I take your steal your thunder tell us a bit about that entrepreneurial journey like what have you created what have you been a part of in that that period of time since you made that pivot yeah so we owe, we owe it to bali <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the the uh there were key aspects within that while while I was there and I was uh, I remember standing in front of the room and seeing everyone just go through that and there was this energy shift which just went like Phew. yeah and uh, uh i i could see feel it uh and when i decided to stay there like okay this is great let's just see where this takes us we started organizing events uh across asia and then moved into australia new zealand uh very much towards entrepreneurial transformations and we then uh decided hey tech is booming <laughs> tech is booming i remember we were in melbourne and i was with the founder uh and we were going to the airport and he said what do you think of uh us moving towards tech i said we do need to do a connection now while i had the experience of connecting bollywood and tech <laughs> said i could uh, do this so we launched some assessments and that was really the first step which mm-hmm. is uh, we knew in the event space and this is so bizarre like you you see this on day to day life and you try to connect that to the tech uh, side of things we could see that in uh, the day to day life of entrepreneurs they go through like uh phases of self awareness mm. self expression and self mastery so self awareness is getting to know who i really am 
self-expression is when they would come to events and express themselves and connect with and through these skills they would get they would go into self-mastery so those three things really stayed and we said how could we translate this into tech and that's where it really really uh started where we said okay let's just try out a small facebook app uh with a quiz uh and uh, I love that that's how it started yeah. i think uh tell tell the audience where where it is now because from a facebook app with a few questions to this amazing application that you've created yeah and 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 uh the thing that we had we had an assessment which was like a $97 assessment uh yeah. paid assessment and this is where it where we got into the digital marketing space and said okay let's try and sell as many uh of these assessments as possible go to mm-hmm. corporates sell it it was tough digital marketing back then uh even now like when you go with that mindset of selling it was tough uh but then we said okay how do we actually do something where we could give value mm. uh we gave as many uh freebies as possible through facebook we launched this facebook app Mm-hmm. so that people get a taster of it the mindset shifted like let's just give more value and see what happens and we saw for every 100 people who would just uh use the app the sales would come in so we were no longer selling we were looking at giving value to anyone who wanted it yeah. and the sales would come on the back of us i love this and this is kind of where i wanted to segue to is you know this whole podcast is around tech and hyperspeed and we all agree that we're in a new normal we don't need to address mm-hmm. that but I think what we really need to understand is like what role does tech have to play now that we are in such a new world and I love exactly what you've said there. I think you guys are a little bit before your time, right? Because mm. you already were making that shift from physical to digital. And mm-hmm. and when was that? That was like years ago, right? Uh that was 2008. Yeah. Like, you know, we, I I have so many customers that we've worked with through mm-hmm. this new normal mm-hmm. where they've got such a physical presence yeah. and in you know in motion they're having to shift so quickly to mm-hmm. di- to digital whereas mm-hmm. you'd already made that shift which mm-hmm. you know you've got an augmented business of physical and digital yep. now. So that's point 1 you'd already mm-hmm. kind of gotten there. But the second thing I've noticed with a lot of the customers we're working with and even with Salesforce like we've had to take a real step back and say this isn't a sales conversation anymore it's a values and a um a relationship conversation and from that you know the the kind of sale might come so mm-hmm. can you talk through a little bit more around how you've kind of seen that tech evolve um and how you're using technology to help provide that value because i think a lot of brands are trying to battle with we still need to sell but how do we sell and 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 add value so yeah and and uh that uh that just so while we started in 2008 it really took off in 2014 so we were trying to figure things out and uh, as you said like the value side of things we are seeing that shift very clear now mm-hmm. it was so, sort of hidden behind and some people knew it some people working through it uh we saw that when covid hit yeah uh when in 2020 it was like people are not buying it was like panic everyone just paused yeah and it became more clear that if you go with the mindset of trying to sell your product to the market and make sure that you tell them hey here's my product buy the as a end user you'd be like ah oh, someone's trying to sell me mm. but when you go through the idea of am i solving someone's problem mm. so more than the product being a market fit it was a problem solution fit mm. right so that's uh, and that's been our core uh since the beginning so even when we did the facebook app and just going through the numbers we saw that take up of about what 10,000 app users a day 
and uh, yeah and our database itself was 10000 in those many years <laughs> and like this is happen this can happen in a day <laughs> right wow. this took so many years this can happen in a day so how do we scale it up and that's when we really got into crms and understanding where do we keep get uh, like store uh, all our clients and so it makes sense of all of yeah. this interesting i just want to kind of repeat something you said earlier cuz i think that's a really powerful shift so the market fit versus the market problem mm-hmm. talk us through a little bit more around how you you're kind of building out your strategies for you've got several different types of arms of your businesses right so how are you how are you kind of using that mentality to build your business strategies yeah so uh, as as we were working through the entrepreneur we've got a very strong community and all our products are very community driven uh right now we are about 1.7 million strong entrepreneurs and about 1000 new coming in every day so we get a lot of data and uh feedback from them as well mm. like what are the challenges they're facing uh it then becomes a collaboration mm. when it's that uh and then it's more about how do we uh collaborate and connect not just uh the community to us but the community to the other community members and find solutions over there mm-hmm. and uh that's when it really sees the uh growth as well yeah. and trust plays such a big factor even if we go back to the idea of money money is the exchange of trust, trust. right yeah. yeah and most of our answers right now are from ages ago right mm. uh, it's just uh, advanced in this sort of digital digitized new medium yeah So we're February last year. Mm-hmm. Panic, panic yep. starting to hit. Tell us about how you as a business leader shifted. What was the was it a shock reaction or did you lean in? Tell us tell us your story. It was uh it was crazy. I remember we were in South Africa so we've got uh this safari lodge in South Africa with I just want to tell you I was in South Africa when it hit too. Oh really? I had to rush home. Oh. There you go. Did you rush yeah. home? Maybe you were on the same plane. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um I I did have to rush home uh and uh we had an event over there at our uh safari lodge and then we were with all the entrepreneurs and the news started coming in and even when we got there we were seeing some checks happen yeah. and uh then got the news that the bali property they were talking about uh putting sort of lockdown we said oh okay this will be <laughs> like a week or two yeah. then the news came in about singapore and uh we when we were in the meetings over there we didn't realize the panic but as we were coming back we were like what next right and because we were with the group of entrepreneurs who were part of our community uh we all like what next right and then we said let's let's regroup let's get uh, all of us get on a call and see how we can handle things and come what march we uh decided to launch a entrepreneur hub in okay. singapore uh it's like a cafe co-working space uh, we call it genius central right in the middle of the city in fire square a uh, massive investment So a physical you decided to set up a physical Location. in March. Okay. Correct. No, so it was going on for last 6 7 months so it was going through 2019 all the refurbishment yeah. and everything. It was supposed to launch in January, uh, got delayed and yeah. was launching end of Feb March, right? Okay. And we have all these things about happening and then we have this launch happening of this place which is and we have to pay like the rental and going into the hospitality so space within Singapore so we knew the experience through our resorts and cafes that we own uh, around the world so we knew that what it takes mm-hmm. but we were not prepared for covid and not prepared for it to just shut right and we open and there's a lockdown 
Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, and that was just uh, crazy. And then we said, okay, we do need to make a pivot. Let's just uh, speak to our community because when we've gone back to them and understood their challenges, uh, we've uh, sort, uh, sorted things out. And when we spoke to them, they were panicked as well. And that's when we decided to have something which is going back to the trust because trust has always played a role. Mm. When you've got a trusted community, there's that relationship. We uh, launched something called the Trusted Buyers Club. Okay, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so Trusted Buyers Club was uh, because there was a freeze in people buying. Yeah. Uh, people want to sell. They wanted to bis- keep the business operations running. And remember, we are talking about SMEs here, right? So mm-hmm. not uh, big corporations, a lot of SMEs, solo entrepreneurs said, okay, you've got products. Uh, we will build a platform okay. and let's just make a group of about say 200 of us coming together and everyone chips in $2,000 and we, we make a fact that we buy from each other. Every week we have to spend $2,000. That's awesome. Yeah. So there were some people who were making more than $2,000 because they had to sell. Like they had to get rid of that $2,000 within the week and they had to get rid of that within the community itself yeah. and someone else would make money. So that way that exchange really happened. Business operations kept running uh, and we said, if we could keep this going for two months, things will, uh, at least the businesses won't shut down. Yeah. Uh, some people made more money, uh, but that really gave insight into that the product was really good. Some people didn't make that much money, uh, but that was feedback from the community that you could really improve yeah. your product. So give us an example of this exchange, just so we get a sense of like what type of product was on, you know, on the marketplace. Uh, what was interesting, <laughs> some of the products didn't even exist. Wow. So for example, we had someone uh, who uh, created build your own uh, Facebook marketing chatbot. Uh, and that was selling for something like $1,000, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were struggling with even getting their websites. And because we, we're talking about COVID hitting and a lot of digitization happening as well, yeah. a lot of the SMEs were not in the space to transform into a digital space. All they had was more like a digital lipstick, but not really in the DNA mm-hmm. or for the business, right? So yeah. they had to really get into that. So we saw a lot of tech offerings come through. Mm-hmm. Like we'll come and set up your yeah, Salesforce or we'll, come and set up your CRM systems, uh, do marketing automations, uh, do social media postings. And it became great uh, offerings for people who always thought of getting into it, but mm. did not. Uh, and now they were sort of forced to say, okay, if I was to buy uh, something, would I buy a chatbot, a social media package? And then they started really experiencing it, right? Mm. I love that story. It's, it's amazing what community, I mean, we, we all saw it last year, like communities just rallied together in all different you know, shapes and sizes. And I think the ability to pivot, you know, you use that mm-hmm. word and I think it's a word that's probably been overused yeah. during COVID, but we've, we experienced the same at Salesforce. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're sitting here, you know, all of our business plans ready to kick off another great year. And all of a sudden, like we've often said to ourselves, did we look back, like think this time, Last year, we would have a vaccine cloud, for example, where we now have technology that helps to, you know, manage the vaccine process. Did we think we would have a work.com is what we've called it, which is a technology to help bring people back to work? Like that technology didn't exist a year ago. You know, the Trusted Advisors Club didn't mm-hmm. exist a year ago. And 
as much as it was a hard time, it's amazing to see the innovation that's come. And to your point, I think a lot of that innovation is not coming because we're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that innovation is coming because we need it. Yep. Um, and we've listened to the community and we've bought that. And I think that's going to be a, interesting to see how that plays out in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take aside where this pandemic will take mm-hmm. us. But how do you kind of see this future of business and technology evolve when we're using the words like trust and community that didn't exist in business a couple of well you know years ago so yeah what how do you see that looking as we move into the future um I, I see that uh, growing a lot more as well. Mm. And we've seen a lot of that happen in even the stock markets that happen. Yeah. Yes, right. Like COVID hit, uh, they're at peak right now. Uh, uh, when Elon Musk posts something, stocks go really up. Like how do you explain that, right? Mm. Uh, that because there is that level of trust that people have. Uh, and that itself makes like a big uh, difference. And when, when you go deeper into it, like trust and purpose, uh, it makes like a big difference. So I was talking about the Genius Central Hub that we opened up. Uh, we had hired everyone to come join us as well. We decided we got to stay core to our culture mm. uh, and make sure that uh, we are here uh, and we linked everything that we're doing to the UN SDGs, which is the Great. Sustainable Development Goals. Yeah. And uh, SDG uh, 10 and 8 uh, uh, were talking about providing equal opportunities to everyone. Mm-hmm. So we decided we're not going to let anyone go. Let's just keep everyone within wow. the organization. Let the senior management uh, take pay cuts and then let's decide if the team wants to take a pay cut uh, voluntarily. Uh, and most of the team came together saying That's that amazing. we are okay to take pay cuts. Even people who are not, uh, who are fresh sort of graduate, they said, we'll do it uh, because they saw the purpose behind it. And when that yeah. comes in, and that shapes your culture of your organization. It's not forced. It is sort of comes from within. And without sounding cheesy, I'm imagining that's created such an incredible step change in what was probably already a fantastic culture. Like it's one for all, all for one now, I'm sure. Like mm-hmm. you guys have probably come out of this or going through this so much stronger than before. So how, how's the business like... I remember we chatted and the cafe's back open again and it's thriving better than it probably would have been before. Like, tell us how business is looking now that we're in a bit of a different state to say last March and and April. Yeah. uh, So, yeah. So the cafe is uh, buzzing. Uh, (laughs) It's packed. Uh, there's uh, also queues outside uh, during <laughs> lunch good, because uh, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good problem. <laughs> uh, so that's passing, uh, and we we managed to connect our tech, which is the high tech, uh, which is everything that's happening on the platform, which is geniusy.com, to the high touch, which is the experience that happens at the cafes and the resorts and everything. Uh, so people have really seen that connection when they mm-hmm. come to the cafe. They're able to take all these assessments, go through that transformation by being at the cafe as well. The teams uh, have really taken upon themselves to make it work mm. uh, because they were part of this journey. Anyone knew, and and what that has also done is that has built cultural advocates Love within it. the team. Uh, so they are the ones who are spreading a culture to even the new ones who are coming on board. Right? So you don't even need to rock up to work anymore. You've just got these amazing people that are spreading the word. That's what you'll see me <laughs> doing. That's a dream. <laughs> yeah. But you'll see me doing that at Genius Central. I'm just sitting there and the team's just doing fantastic job that's, over there. That's amazing. I really, yeah, I want to congratulate you for being a, you know, a, f- a fine example of what we want leaders to be like in these times. And let, let's talk about leadership a little bit, because I think, you know, I, I lead an amazing team and 
I think I've had one of the hardest years as most people have as a leader because you're really having to, to kind of juggle this empathy and leading with purpose and building trust at the same time you lead a business you have to perform and so you know I've often said to a lot of my um, you know team I'm, I'm really trying to battle with this we've got to do performance because we've got to keep the lights on but we've got to balance empathy because we're all people and we're going through hard times so how are you as a leader trying to you know really stretch yourself and adjust through these times have you noticed a change or have you always naturally kind of been like this uh I think, yeah, definitely. Like I, I've been around and even the organization and our leadership team has been pretty much aligned to uh, what, like we, we start with the purpose and that's mm. why we connected with the UN Global Goals as well. But as we've grown from sort of three or five people to more like 300, 500, we, it becomes difficult to get that culture going and COVID really helped bring it all together. Mm. Uh, and uh, when, we, when we were going through this uh, process, we did an exercise uh, recently after the because people don't realize how COVID has actually impacted even mental health, right? Mm, people have going totally. through, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and not just uh, mental health, but people are stressed and uh, teams haven't had time to connect at a deeper level. Mm. Uh, we did this exercise, and I would highly recommend if uh, you're listening, you should try this out with your team. Okay, we sat with the team and said. Uh, Let's do an exercise where we come authentically uh, to the meeting and uh, share what enables us, what disables us, and what do you look forward to in the next year. Okay, repeat that. What enables? What enables me, what disables me, and what do I look forward to in 2021? And it's not just work-related, it's my life. Yeah. Right? Like what enables me in life? Uh, what disables me? Uh, that's when people really got it. And we had some meetings where the teams were like, oh, I didn't know this about you. Like you were, this was disabling you. I could, I could have sort that, sorted this out. I would do that now. Mm. And that's when, when teams come together, it becomes such a solid. And that led us to then the week after build a hundred day plan saying that let's just get into as a team. Ah, as we have some major sort of, uh, we've acquired quite a few uh, uh, companies as well, including yeah. some universities okay. in the US. And we're like, we have to get them integrated and bring all of this together. So let's all rally together and do the 100 day plan. And not just at a leadership level, this happened right through at the cafe levels as well, where everyone went through the enable disable sort of exercise. I love this concept of a 100 day plan. Like, you know, these businesses that are doing five, 10 year plan, like the world has told us, like showed us over the last year, that is just impossible. It's mm -hmm. so hard to predict what you're about to be hit with. So I like that rapid fire of just being like, okay, what does 100 days look like? And I think that's something I've, I've learned personally. And I have a fantastic colleague, Bertrand, who tells me this all the time, bring the finish line a bit closer, Jess, mm -hmm. you know, make, make your, your goals a little bit more like in front of you so mm -hmm. that things don't feel overwhelming. To mm -hmm. your point, you know, mental health has been such a critical aspect of the last year and if you can kind of see where you've got to go mm -hmm. and take things in bite-sized chunks i think we've been able to to get through this yeah. but if you see it in such a huge mm -hmm. <laughs> you know thing in front of you it, it, it's overwhelming yeah. sometimes so i love this concept of a 100-day plan now i'm going to put you in the hot seat then so okay. what enables disables and you, what excites you for fy21 so let's start with enables what, what enables you uh seeing transformation uh and and uh, and that energy shift when that happens mm. yeah. uh, you don't really see that in products when people are consuming products uh at home 
but when you see it through people, yeah, really, that really enables me. That's cool. Disables. Uh, I'm a people's person, so if I'm in a cubicle, <laughs> <laughs> that disables me. I'm committed to writing an article or even a book that says COVID kills extroverts. <laughs> I am like the scale of like high end extrovert, and I have noticed that when. Like I'm around people, it's just like I'm a completely new person, and mm. I've been locked away in my house for so long that yeah. I agree with you. It's like it disables you, and you don't get that human interaction. It makes a difference, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. And what are you most excited about for 2021? Uh, for 2021, we, uh, as I was mentioning, we're going through these acquisition strategy, and we've really shifted from events to a tech company to more like education group now. Okay. Uh, so bringing uh, all these companies together and uh, seeing how uh, we can transform more uh, lives and bring more entrepreneurs to the forefront as well. So let's talk about entrepreneurs for a second. Mm -hmm. I think um, one thing I've noticed on my LinkedIn feed, um, and I love it, every time I go on, it's like almost every person in my LinkedIn network is explaining, like posting about this new job they have or this new venture they're doing. And mm -hmm. Part of me kind of gets excited that COVID's probably encouraged people to explore new things that they didn't, like they probably had in the back of their mind, but hadn't put time to. Are you seeing the same trend in your community? Are you seeing more entrepreneurs kind of come up from the, <laughs> from the, I guess, the shadows? Like what, what's your view yeah, on that? Yeah, uh, we're seeing a lot of that. And we're seeing uh, that not just with our existing sort of group of entrepreneurs, we're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of entrepreneurs as well, uh, okay. which is entrepreneur mindset individuals in companies. And uh, 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 one one sort of back interesting story is like when, when I experienced this in back in India, mm. my dad was uh, grew up in a village and okay. he had to run away from the home to get to a big city, start working, pay for his education and get those entrepreneur skills mm. to launch something to give the life uh, that we have right now, right? Uh, that sort of transformation, we're seeing that happen at a rapid scale when opportunities are put at in front of people. Yeah. And when you, when LinkedIn and all these other platforms shows those opportunities to individuals, uh, they see it's possible. So we're seeing a lot of teenagers uh, yeah, uh, take up uh, entrepreneurial skills as well. Uh, we 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 ran a program called the Young Entrepreneur Academy okay. uh, for teens, and some of the ideas and the plans that came, uh, they put some of the big, bigger businesses to shame as well, right? And they were so purpose driven too. Oh, I love that. I just think, you know, there's got to be a lot of the beginner's mindset that that, that yeah. brings, right? And I'm constantly reminding myself, my team, like, how are we bringing our beginner's mindsets to yeah. things? So, and and it's amazing that you're providing a platform to encourage that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I hate when young people are sitting there thinking, oh, that'll happen when I get to that age or that, that step in life. It doesn't need to be that way. So very cool to see that happen. Now, we talk about purpose. We're talking about culture a lot. We also talk about kind of mental wellness and you mentioned when we chatted about, you know, preparing for this podcast, you said rhythm and frequency is something that's top of mind for you, like the energy around how you are working and the spaces you work in. So can you unpack this kind of concept a little bit more for everyone today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so uh, what, uh, when we are going through the idea of the COVID uh, uh, recovery yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the rapid pivot as well. We said if we were able to, and this goes back to the point which you were saying, right? Like do bite-sized uh, mm. sort of uh, uh, goals. Yeah. You have bite-sized goals. Bring you can, the finish line closer. Yeah, bring <laughs> the finish line closer. It becomes a lot easier. 
to achieve those as well. Uh, so we said if we were able to do, say, uh, a meeting, if we were doing like uh, quarterly meetings, can we do more like uh, monthly? Mm. And can we bring our monthly meetings, turn them into weekly meetings? Mm. Uh, not from the idea of stress or pressure, but the idea of can we increase the frequency of what we're doing, right? So if you're doing ta- the same task, if you increase the frequency of that, you'd uh, reach your goals a lot uh, faster as well. So we, we realized that. So mm. the frequency has a lot changed and uh, that is what rapidly we're seeing in the digital sort of environments uh, as well. And one thing which goes back into energy spaces, uh, which links to uh, creating rhythms, mm. uh, is if I'm an extrovert, and I was saying what disables me is sitting in a cubicle and trying to uh, make <laughs> it work, you. right? Yeah. Uh, it's just like if you are really good at, uh, if you're growing up in a school and if you're really good at art, right? And if you're uh, forced to learn math and put into a math tuition class mm. to become a normal math uh, sort of student, yeah. uh, what would happen is you would not really excel in art because you're spending so much time trying to figure out your math. Yeah. And uh, if it was the other way around, you would become an artist, right? So identifying people's strengths mm. and where they really excel. And that's where uh, the idea of energy spaces comes in, okay. the environments. Yeah. When you're in your environment, you excel a lot. I think that's a challenge though, like, you know, where we don't have so much freedom and flexibility about environment anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Because we are limited with where we can go and how we can be in, mm-hmm. to some degrees. And this is mm-hmm. across the world, right? You know, I was talking to, to one of my, my friends in my team and, and he was saying to me, like, I have to move in my house when I want a creative moment. I've got a creative like space mm-hmm. in my house and that like triggers my mind to go, OK, now you're doing creative stuff. And then I go back to my normal desk where I'll be doing, you know, emails and standard stuff. And so when you're talking about energy and spaces, I, I totally get that as mm-hmm. a concept. But how do we actually make it real in the restrictions that we kind of r- have around us today. Yeah, so uh, that's where the rhythm comes in, right? Yeah. Which is uh, uh, every Monday, we call it the Metal Mondays. Okay. That's when we go through everything that is detail, uh, numbers, our accounts, tech uh, <laughs> development. So on, on Metal Mondays, uh, we don't talk about networking and people. We just focus because we're such in that in that zone yeah. of saying, let's just go through the details, go through the numbers. Imagine you're going through your accounts, numbers, and then you have to jump into a meeting. The energy shift that happens when you're going so deep in your numbers and then mm. all of a sudden you have to move towards uh, presenting to say about 10, 20 people. Mm. Uh, it's, it's an energy shift and it's challenging. But if you were to structure your days saying that, okay, Metal Mondays is when I'll go through all of this. Uh, Tuesdays is when I would probably go through creative and yeah. so when I'm just in a creative space for the entire day yeah. uh, and Wednesday is oh, I'm just connect, going to connect with all my customers mm. and when you're with that mindset and got that entire day you can create your find your spaces as well so I do this uh, at Genius Central I would you wouldn't find me at one place in Genius Central I you'd find me in the meeting room uh, when uh, uh, I, I'm in the meeting room to do more finance numbers because it's closed, but I would be outside on Thursdays and Wednesdays because I would love the buzz and the energy and that would really energize me to connect with all our customers as well and Fantastic. everything, yeah. So I, I get it now. It's it's really, and I think this is something we all need to be conscious about, like mm-hmm. y- the speed of which stuff is happening, you know, a thousand Zoom calls in your diary. Um, my team will laugh if they listen to this, but you, your diary will manage you if you don't manage it, right? Exactly. And, and you're talking about being hyper-conscious about today, this is what I do, tomorrow, mm. this is what I do. And 
I think that structure is something critical that everyone needs to take a step back if they haven't already to go, okay, I've got to be mindful of where I can be my best self in this new environment. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of Mondays. I'm never calling you on a Monday because I reckon <laughs> you're going to be in such like a space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's so, uh, that's so uh, important because then not just you, your team knows yeah. that when True. to really reach out. Mm. Uh, they know that, okay, Suraj is available on Wednesdays because that's when he has meeting with all the teams. Mm. All the calls just set up on Wednesdays with the team. Yeah. So they wouldn't really reach out on Monday or Tuesday unless there is something super important. So you've made the point at the beginning of this conversation about, you know, it's not about selling, it's about, um, you know, really understanding your community and bringing value. But I'm just going to let you have a moment to just tell our audience, like genuinely, how do they engage with your businesses? Because the stories you've t- told us about how you're operating and the stuff you're doing are amazing, but just getting super practical. So if I wanted to engage in your businesses, tell us a little bit about how we could do that. Uh, you take Sell to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now yeah. you're getting really embarrassed. No, no, <laughs> no. So, so you, could, you could come to our platform, which is geniusu.com and uh, uh, the series of assessments as well. And as I was uh, explaining earlier, uh, our platform is built for three main areas, which mm. is how do you upskill yourself? What is the new thing you're learning every day? So you come onto the platform, learn new uh, skills through micro degrees and courses in entrepreneurship, uh, investment, uh, and all the other areas. The second thing is you connect with the community. Uh, awesome. We are a 1.7 million strong community. Learn from the community, uh, this uh, very solid group over there. And the third one is uh, tap into the opportunities which are there on the platform as well and what the communities offers. But a lot of that would happen if you just go to geniusu.com, uh, take uh, the assessments, they'll take you through really finding your, out your more about yourself okay. and then guide you on that path of what's really best uh, suited for you. So while that's on the platform, if you feel like connecting with us offline, come to one of our resorts or cafes. So we have a beach club in Bali, a resort in Bali in South Africa, and uh, we opened up this co-working hub in Singapore called the Genius Central. So I, I like want to be in Bali right now, but I'm not going to be able to be there. But this Singapore option sounds like a Definitely. fantastic thing. And I'll be coming on, what, Thursday, Fridays when you're in your best space. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> so I've loved this conversation. I think some of the key things I've taken out of it is certainly this, we just need to keep reminding ourselves, like we need to understand the value we bring and lead with value, lead with trust. Um, and, you know, at Salesforce, our highest value is trust. And I believe that that really does create an amazing foundation for the relationships you have, whether it be with customers or, or partners or even your internal staff. So that's definitely my, my key learning one. But I think the other thing I, I really love about what you've spoken about is just um, the, the entrepreneur and intrapreneur concept and how do we cultivate that in our environments and it's kind of made me stop and remind myself that regardless of the size of business you're in and the world you're in everyone can be an entrepreneur right and we need to take that kind of beginner's mindset into the new world that we're operating in so they were my couple of takeaways now i'm an aspiring podcaster Mm -hmm. and uh brene brown's my like you know idol as she is to pretty much everyone so Mm -hmm. i'm going to totally in honor of her surprise you with jess's rapid fire five oh, all right go for <laughs> have it. you listened to a brene brown uh podcast? No, I haven't had the chance well to. at the end she does a rapid fire okay. so the rules go mm-hmm. you have to answer pretty much as straight as i ask the question okay and basically i'm going to start a sentence and you're going to finish it and that's how we're going to wrap up our ah, conversation okay. today are you ready i'm ready <laughs> okay i am most grateful for uh family 
the mass the last meal that really satisfied me was last night at Genius Central. <laughs> good plug, good plug. I like that. The last book that made me stop to think was Scaling Up. What's that about? Give us a little bit. Uh, that's the that's the uh, book from Vern Hanish around uh, how to scale because we are right in the stage of uh, taking that exponential step in our business with new companies coming on board. So how do you really scale up while keeping the culture and purpose? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I wish society would change by uh, by just connecting, empathizing. I am most excited for. Uh, the young generation and the young entrepreneurs are yeah. seeing transformation in their lives and what they could bring. I love that. Yeah, you've definitely intrigued me about this. I'm going to lean in a bit more to that community. I think that's uh, exciting to see what the future can yeah. bring. Well, I have really enjoyed the conversation. For everyone that's listening, thanks for joining us today. I hope you've been able to take some learnings out of this. But more importantly, I'd love you all to join uh, GeniusU.com um, to really learn a little bit more about how you can be part of this community. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> pleasure being here. Love this session. Uh, yeah, thanks. Have a good day. You too.